All right, thank you, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Toll free, our number is 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, it's very, very hard. My phone's been blowing up all day um, about the news uh, that Tucker Carlson and, and the Fox News Channel have parted ways, and I, the hard part for me is I don't have a clue. I don't know what happened. I don't know anything about it. I can't comment on something. I can comment on it and just tell you the truth, which is that um, I'm, I have no idea. I don't know. Was it Tucker's decision? Uh, was it Fox's decision? Was it a mutual agreement that they had? I don't know. Um, I know that they, I talked to Dan Bongino. He said they left on amicable terms. There was no issue. And, you know, he didn't want to work six days a week. And by the way, I don't really blame him. He works really, really hard. He's always been a dear friend of mine. And and he said all of that publicly. So it's not anything that was not in the public sphere. I've not seen any comments yet from Tucker. Um, and I just, I, I guess people think because I've been there the longest that I would have some knowledge or understanding of what went on. I just don't. And I, like everybody else, I am an employee there. Uh, I have a little different relationship, business relationship with radio, but um, I know it might be frustrating to some of you thinking that you were going to get answers from me today that I can't give. I will say this, um, that no matter what the reason is, my, my strong guess would be, I mean, we have a very, all throughout my career, and I started radio in 1987, and I started at the Fox News Channel in October of 96. And if you would have told me that I would have survived as long as I have, knowing how tough this business is, uh, I wouldn't have believed it. I always worked under the assumption that I was probably doing my last show. I never had the confidence that I would survive in such a competitive industry. I, TV was never in my plans. I originally just wanted to be a radio talk show host. And I got very blessed. I I call it an undeserved life. I got to do both. Uh, It's hard to do two shows, but I've been blessed to be able to do it for 27 years. And I'm I'm grateful to everybody who's who's helped me along the way and been a part of it. And I'm most grateful to you, this audience, because you make it possible by listening and by watching. But I've also watched massive shifts in the media in both radio and on television and it's evolving even at this very minute. Things are changing constantly. And for example, if you go back to 1988, you know, Rush Limbaugh came on the scene. Prior to FM radio, everyone got their music from AM radio. And then all of a sudden, FM sounded better and people wanted to hear music on FM. And AM started a, a decline. And then along comes this guy named Rush Limbaugh and he saved single handedly the a- AM band. And and then that led to the explosion of talk radio. I think at the time when he started his syndication on radio, I think there were about 200 talk radio stations in the country. You know, now there's thousands of them. Then you can add to that satellite radio. And then you can add to the fact, which also has had an impact and, and shifting, changing winds of how people, you know, listen in the car or whatever they listen to, podcasting or people choosing their own music and plugging in, plugging in their phone and, and playing DJ themselves and playing their favorite music that they want to hear and not waiting for the, the DJ to play the song that they most want to hear. 
Uh, the same thing with TV. TV, we, we have watched an explosion in television. When, when I started on television, I mean, you know, people were like, Fox what? Fox News who? And when I remember when I left Atlanta, nobody had ever heard of Fox News. And they're like, well, you're making the dumbest decision of your life. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life. And there is, and I've watched this in both my radio and TV careers, a lot of people make a lot of shifts and a lot of changes in the course of their careers. And, and I've been fortunate to be able to continue to do what I love in both radio and TV with the same partners. And, but the landscape is also changing. Look at, look at the popularity, for example, of Joe Rogan's podcast and other people's podcasts. And I don't think that my success in any way is predicated on other people's failures. Um, what, I, what I do know about Tucker is he has a big following and that I have no doubt that he's going to have many options available to him moving forward in his career and his fans will be able to hear him and see him. Um, we, we've seen Bill O'Reilly, you know, do it. He's, he, he's a regular on this program. Uh, and, and uh, so many others as well. If I, I started listing them, I've missed too many names. Um, with that said, I'm sure we'll learn more in the hours, days, weeks, months ahead. Um, and if, you know, for people that think that I should know, I'm, I don't own the channel. I don't know. If I knew, I would tell you. I, I, I have a pledge to be honest with my audience. And uh, so many people ask me, what happened? What happened? My honest answer is, I don't know. And, you know, all, all of us, you know, we at different times you have like competitive, you know, rivalries going on. I mean, there were years me and Bill O'Reilly really didn't get along. And anyway, one day we had a sit down together and it, Brian Kilmeade was there. Geraldo was there. And we just kind of just were brutally honest with each other about, you know, why we had this kind of schism between us. It was, well, everybody knew about it. It was not a secret. And we ended up that day putting our differences aside. And, and I just am a person that wants to get along with people if I can. If they don't want to get along with me, I understand and I want to forgive, and I don't want to spend the rest of my life angry at anybody. I don't want to, I don't believe in any way that any success I have is predicated on anybody else's failure. Um, I believe actually just the opposite. I believe a rising tide lifts all boats. If you have a good lineup on either a radio station or a TV station, it's good for everybody. And so that's my take on it. I don't think you've heard the last from Tucker unless unless he wants to not be on the air. He he will have as many options as anyone would expect to to do it. The media landscape is changing. People I mean look at for example the choices at night. Amazon. Okay, uh Netflix, Hulu, Prime. I mean, it, there's so many options out there which means that's kind of why you have to work really hard at doing the best shows you can do because people do have other options, and I don't want people tuning away from my show. So, um, but uh, we, you know, so I'm, I'm sure in the days and weeks to come that we'll we'll find out more information about it, and um, at that point we can make our decisions. Anyway, later on we'll we'll talk more about it later in the program. I got a lot of news though that I do want to get to today. There is now rumors running rampant. Now, we know that Joe Biden is expected to announce 
even though nobody wants him to make this announcement. Uh, but we expect that he's going to announce that he is running for a second term. I mean, even fake news CNN is, is saying that the polling is very, very clear that Biden's age is a massive challenge. Uh, ABC is out there reporting that Biden's reelection or, or even being on the ticket, most Americans do not want to vote for him or an 81-year-old man for president. Uh, even MSDNC points out in their poll that 26% of Americans, uh, only 26%, think he should run for re-election. Uh, the country sees what's happening. Uh, economically, we all are feeling what's happening. On, foreign, the, on the foreign policy side, uh, we know there that, you know, it's a disaster. We are witnessing the evolution of a new axis of evil with China, Russia, and Iran, and it is beyond bewildering to people. By the way, one last point on the media thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to this later in the show, I don't want to talk about it now, is Don Lemon was fired at CNN after 17 years, and he's pretty pissed off about it. He's out there tweeting about it. So he says he's stunned. He put out a statement. It was kind of bitter. Um, but you could see that coming. That, 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 to me, was not a surprise in any way. Nobody watched him, number one. The comments about Nikki Haley being past her prime was probably, and him not getting along with his co-host was, was probably the end of it. He had said a lot of outrageous things over the years. I, I have stuck with my policy of never supporting a cancellation or a firing or a boycott of anybody, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, and I'm never going to go there. Uh, but well, we're going to learn a lot. The issue really before us now, now there are a lot of rumors running around that the possible indictment of Hunter Biden is very real and that meetings are expected to take place as early as today, tomorrow, Wednesday, as it relates to Hunter. Here's where I think this is going, and I think this is all rooted in this fact. You have this IRS whistleblower out there uh, and suggesting that Merrick Garland may have lied under oath. We'll get to that later. But this IRS whistleblower saying that there is not equal treatment under the law as it relates to Hunter Biden and the treatment of the IRS of Hunter Biden versus say conservatives. Then we've got other issues involved in this. And that has to do with the suspicious activity reports that were discovered by James Comer. And then we have these new LLCs that were discovered by James Comer and his committee and that have become very revealing. And this has now brought this entire Biden family syndicate issue to the forefront. And last week, we were able to report to you that there were nine Biden family members that were benefiting from these foreign business dealings of Hunter Biden. Uh, we now can say with certainty that Joe Biden lied when he repeatedly said that he had never had a single discussion about with Hunter about his foreign business associates. That we can tell you. The question is, was this an influence peddling scheme? And now that we got these corporations, these SARS reports, now we're following money. Then you find where the money came from. And we know a lot of deals were made with China. I'd like to get a final figure. How much money did the Biden family do with the communist Chinese? What did Joe know and when did Joe know it? Forget about Hunter. The same thing would go with our number two geopolitical foe. If China's our number one geopolitical foe, 
How much money did the Biden family do in business with Russia? How much money did they do with Burisma and Ukraine? Why did Joe leverage that uh, billion taxpayer dollars to get a prosecutor investigating his son fired? All of this is now beginning to hit because of the investigation into the House Government Reform and Oversight Committee. So we're going to find out. Later on, we'll have Eric Schmidt on the program, senator from Missouri. But at the time, he was running this case in Missouri. And anyway, he had told the Washington Examiner that he's focusing on the relationships, especially with Twitter. But in the lawsuit that was filed, you have... You have certain pieces that we learned from Schmidt in a lawsuit in a partnership with Louisiana's attorney uh, general in an attempt to hold the agencies accountable. Now the question is, you know, why did Joel Roth, the Twitter integrity site head at the time, talk about these weekly meetings that the FBI had with big tech companies and warning, according to Joel Roth, warning that there might be a Russian hack and leak operation in other words a disinformation campaign targeting social media and that they've got to be on the lookout for that and Joel Roth admitting that they said it might be a misinformation about Hunter Biden now remember the guy that headed this up for the FBI was the guy by the name of Elvis Chan that's the guy that wrote the thesis in college that Trump colluded with Russia to win the 2016 presidential election which we all know is completely untrue And on top of that, you want to talk about election interference. We now know that thanks to the testimony of Mike Morrell, uh, that in fact, Tony Blinken led up the effort to get 51 former Intel officials to sign a letter saying, oh, no, the Hunter laptop story looks like a Russian hack and leak operation or a misinformation campaign, and you can't trust it. Well, not only did that result in big tech censoring the information, but secondly, It created doubt in the minds of the American people. They thought it was all BS when, in fact, all of it was true. Now, that's if that's not interfering, you know, and then here's another question. Did Tony Blinken get rewarded for leading up that effort? Because Joe Biden got on a campaign debate stage and quoted that letter as his defense that it didn't happen, that the that the Hunter Biden laptop was not real when, in fact, it was very real. And then you raise the question, why did the FBI have it since December of 2019 and do nothing with it? All right, we'll never forget what happened on 9-11-2001. 2,977 people lost their lives, uh, and people are still suffering and dying from 9-11-related illnesses. We have a whole generation that knows little to nothing about what happened on 9-11-01. Only two states in our country mandate K-12 learning, and that's why the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute gives educators access to nonfiction resources for K through 12. They have full curriculum units built around first person accounts with scripted social studies lessons, activities, and backgrounds for teachers. Plus they have their Discovering Heroes series of, of books and their accompanying curriculum units, a speakers bureau with access to 9-11 responders, survivors, loved ones. They have their 83 uh, foot tractor trailer mobile exhibit. It's 1,100 square feet. It's an interactive museum with 9-11 artifacts. They have their Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarship. That's given to children of program recipients who are are exemplary high school students preparing for college. But anyway, they're asking all of us, join Team Hannity and commit to $11 a month to help these heroes that laid it all out on the line for us. Anyway, go to their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org, the letter T. 
the number two, the letter T.org for the Tunnels at Towers Foundation.